Good evening. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. I don't know what time it is when you're listening to this, but uh, my name is Lenard. That is your name. Yes. Lenard, Charlemagne the God, McKelvey, and I'm Dizzy here with Van Winkle in the building. My my white Haitian sister, <laughs> no, Angela you're not, Rye. Cut. <laughs> Start over. You can't keep putting that out there. I just think it's funny that when they when you when you Google Angela Rye, it says she's Haitian, and it's another site that says she's white. <laughs> that is hilarious to but me. But none of that is accurate. None of it. Well, except for my, again, my great grandfather was Haitian. So you got a little bit of Haitian blood yeah. in you, which is good though. That means you're a revolutionary. I am a revolutionary. Yeah, Haitians don't play. Already. You knew that without knowing my great-grandfather was yes. Haitian. Yes, and in the streets, you know, a lot of times... You said streets with no K! That's not true. I said streets. I did. No, I said streets. I'm, com- I'm committed to this. Streets. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> in the streets, people get Haitians on their team because Haitians make the best... I guess I don't want to say shooters, but shooters and goons and like don't call it Haitian shooters and goons. But I mean, it's the truth though. People know Haitians. You mean like they're ride or die and loyal? They will. They'll kill somebody for you. Okay, I tried to help you clean this up. Yes, you're right. I'm just telling you how it goes. But we're here today. uh, Just you know, talking some shit about some things. No, we're not. We we should set the intentions first. That's your job. Did you no? Did you give? Did what's the devotional? You didn't read a devotional today. Oh, I don't have my book on me. You have it on your phone, though. You you read the same thing I read. You have the Daily Stoic on your phone. I didn't read it today. Don't tell the people. So how you going to ask me earlier if I set my devotional and you didn't even set yours? You, I think you I, you normally... So you, what did you do this morning, Angela, right? When you woke up this morning, how did you set your t- the tone of your day? Or you just oh, got up on the phone yelling at people? No, I didn't I didn't yell at anybody. I was okay. like, oh my God, I want to wash my hair. Because I didn't wash my hair last night. Get my, I was getting, coming to get my hair done. Did you pray when you... What's the, the, what's the first thing you did when you got out of bed? I said... Lord, it's another day. Thank you. You didn't pray. No, not really. Wow. That's what I did. But I normally do. Wow. Did what you pray this morning? Yes, every what morning. What did you say? I just thank God for another day of life. I ask him to, you know, keep divine protection around myself and my family and those do I love throughout the day. you ask him to help you troll people? No. I, but I, I do pray for repentance of all my <laughs> sins every morning just in case. Did you, are you going to pray about... Looking at Don't me. try to change the fact that you did not pray this morning, Angela Rye. I did. I thanked God. Okay. And then what? And then I said, oh my God, I didn't wash my hair. So that was your, that's your intention for the day, hair? No. I No, that's not my... My intention for the day is peace. My intention for the day is patience. My intention for the day is clarity. It's 10.54 a.m. Now, I don't know if it's I ever too it's late. It's not too late to set intentions. What's your intention for the day? My intention today, uh, when I was actually driving in, had listen, was, no, after I prayed and read out of three of my daily affirmations, of books, which you didn't bring any here, because like that, this, this is not the a good way to set this. This does not feel like Super Soul Sunday. I got in the house and rode in silence for thirty minutes. Like I, I mean, once, once I got in my car, you can be quiet for thirty minutes. Yes, look at God. That's I what I do. I breathe know. and just think. And can just, you breathe now? Thanks. You sound like you need to blow your nose. <laughs> I am a little congested. <laughs> what, did you, what did the Daily Stoic say? You got it on your phone. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at one. There's a guy named Richard Rohr. Okay. He has a daily meditation that my best friend Leonetta Espy hit me to. And yesterday, the devotional was about um, the mystery of the Trinity, mm. which I thought was so incredible. And because he basically aligns the Trinity to all of the parts of ourselves. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but okay. how we're made up of three parts too and how the world in many ways is made up of three parts. So I just really like his writings because it stretches me. I didn't know the Holy Trinity still stood up in this era. 
Why would it not? Because people uh, treat the son, Jesus, like the father. They treat Jesus like God now. And the Holy Ghost is just like a member of Destiny's Child that got kicked out a long time ago. What? They don't even talk about Where did you get him this or her. from? It's the truth. Who told you, you don't that? Even, he don't even have a name. He or she don't even have a name. It's the Holy Ghost. Catch the Holy Ghost. Like, what the does that Holy mean? Ghost. Like it's a Pokemon. What? I'm serious. The Think Holy, about the, the Holy Ghost is supposed to be like the um, thing you can't see but you feel. God. The thing that run- yes, but that's the whole thing about the Trinity is God in three parts. Hold on. So it's God in three parts? So, okay, God, His Son, Trinity and the Holy Ghost. Is yeah, yeah, God yeah. in three and one. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need the Holy like Ghost. Like ice, water, and air. Yeah, you got to rebrand Ice, this. water, and what's another form? Yeah, ice, ice water. water. This other I don't thing. know. That's not our forte. Naja, what is it? Isn't it three parts of water? We got we to gotta rebrand. Ice water and what is it? Gas. That's what I said, air. Gas. We got to rebrand the Holy Ghost, man. You want to rebrand the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I don't think we need it. I don't agree with that. You got God, you got God and Jesus. That's more than enough. That's not a trinity anymore. Trinity, try in and of itself means three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't agree with that. I feel like that's how we carry God with us throughout the day. Throughout with the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Okay. The Holy Spirit. When you say Holy Ghost, I think you think about somebody bumping their head, speaking in tongues, shouting at church. That's exactly what I'm but thinking. But you need to think about it differently. Like in the Bible, it talks about the Holy Spirit as the comforter. Mm. See? That's soothing. You like that, don't you? So you're setting your intention today with the Holy Ghost. No, that how how is that what you heard me say? <laughs> so what God, are we doing? I mean, with the Trinity, this is not going well. You sat in silence for thirty <laughs> minutes this morning. I told you about Richard Ward's meditation, and you came up with what was my intention? We're setting the Holy Ghost. Good night. So it's the Trinity. We're setting the intention. No, with the Trinity. I what? was telling you okay. about his devotional and why I liked it yesterday, and it was talking about the Trinity. So this whole week is about the Trinity. Okay. So anyway, I'm not going to read all of this, but it's very good always. No bullet points. Okay, hold on. Mm. Okay, hold on. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. So he talks about. This part right here is good. So it says, there are three significant colors in Rob Rublev's icon, each illustrating a facet of the Holy One. This is about a, um, a painting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he says, gold, the Father, perfection, fullness, wholeness, the ultimate source. Blue, the incarnate Christ, Christ, both sea and sky mirroring one another. In the icon, Christ wears blue and holds up two fingers, telling us he has put spirit and matter, divinity and humanity together within himself. The blue of creation is undergirded with the red of suffering, which you should know why the Mm. red of suffering. Green, the spirit, the divine photosynthesis that grows everything from within by transforming light into itself. That's kind of powerful. So it's about colors. I can't do this today. I quit. What I took from that is... This is is a definition or a defining or an an articulation of a painting that puts the trinity on paint so that you can understand. Why is this so hard? We should have prayed. But I heard a lot about blue, though. Okay, you heard about gold, blue, and green. Gold, blue, and green. All right. The Father, the Christ, the Spirit. So the Father is gold. So this is is a painting called the Icon. Okay. No. I like Jay-Z being God, Beyonce being Jesus, Blue being no. the Holy Ghost. What? You know this is exactly what's wrong. This is why church would be like, uh, they like almost like, the, they don't call them the Antichrist, but they say that they, 
they said that they're devil worshippers, and no, nobody know where they got that well, from. That's, that's only because when black people are so incredible and so amazing, being being we got to uh, tear them down. We got no, we got to tear them down because we can't believe that, they, that they've accomplished all the things that's they've why accomplished. They put them in the Illuminati, absolutely that's so frustrating but and look, hurtful. But look where we come from, though. Like when you got yeah. a, a group of people who literally were bought here and started at the very, 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 very bottom, weren't even considered total human beings, three-fifths of human beings. So for black men and black women to get to those heights, even if it's in entertainment and business the way Hove is now and Beyonce, it's just like, all right, something got to be wrong. Yeah. What did they do? You know, why does Master favor them? And then the white people come in and try to do your stuff better than you. Like Beyonce dropped Homecoming and then Taylor Swift had home. Somebody, somebody on the internet said (laughs) Taylor Swift, Beyonce had Homecoming, Taylor Swift had Homegoing. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I don't, I don't rock with Taylor Swift. I can't get into Taylor Swift. I, I did like, like one of her Swift. albums, Twenty One. I think that she might be a good human being, but I don't like her music. No, nah, but she. Not, I mean, she didn't do anything that white people haven't been doing since the beginning of time. Stealing from black artists like this has been going on for a long, long, long I think time. It's, I think it was gentrification on the stage. Mm. I think it was. It was. It was like cultural appropriation and gentrification on the stage. Now she didn't invent. Uh, I mean, Beyonce didn't invent marching bands, but even still, that no, was an old to HBCU. Yes. Yes. You ain't never seen a fire white marching band ever. I'm sure there's probably. A fire I, I'm one. sure it's not. I'm sure there's a fire marching band that is white. <laughs> I am sure there's one. I really, I really doubt wish it. that I had time to. Go. I'm sure there's one. One? Never At seen least. it. I'm sure it's probably one dude that's on a marching band with a bunch of black it's people and he fire on the drums. It's more than that. I, I highly doubt it. I'm not like think about the white people historically who are like soul singers and they good. Like Michael McDonald. Can't forget nothing yeah, but anymore. All, <laughs> all of those people get that it? from black culture. Can you do it? That was pretty good. Can you do that? I don't even remember Mike. I thought he was what? black. See, that's my point. What about Bobby Caldwell? Okay, what is it? Um, I can't forget, I can't forget it. I swear, I thought he was black. That, I know that's my point. I didn't know what he was white. What about Holland Oates? Holland is white. Oh! Calling notes is white. Yes, what is wrong with you? Really? Why do you not know this stuff? This I is I did not know this. Great. Did you I know, just found out Queen you know, was white. Did you? Yes. I met them like two years ago. Did I was you like, know Yo, Kenny white? G is white? I did know Kenny G okay. was white. Did you know he's from Seattle? Didn't know he was from did Seattle. Did you know he went to Franklin High School in Seattle? Probably not because you didn't. Do you know he is the Christopher Columbus of jazz artists? That is not true. You know true. that Take he is the Christopher that Columbus of jazz artists. That's blasphemous. He is the guy who got all the money and all the credit for getting jazz popping in, 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 in later this, generations. These are fighting words. It's the truth, though. This is nothing new. Like, everything that Taylor Swift did, we've seen it happen since the beginning of time. Uh, uh, Elvis stole from Chuck Berry. Did you see the yeah, interview with Bob Costas true. and Ray Charles? No. When they asked Ray Charles if he was talented, do not ask an old black person something if you don't want the truth. Where Charles was like, I'm not gonna call him talented. He been doing the he doing the same thing that black people have been doing for years. Black people, we've been out here shaking our ass. We've been out here singing and dancing. He was like, So I'm not gonna sit there and call Elvis talented. Yikes. It's the truth to the matter. Well, anyway, I think we need to go back to the spiritual stuff because guess what happened yesterday? What happened? I went to the Potter's house in Dallas. Okay. And T D Jakes loves you. I love Bishop talk, T D Jakes. He talked about your book. He said, he said, Yeah, I read Shook Ones. And so he really likes your book. And um, thinks that you're doing great stuff. He said that interviewing with you was um, a really great interview. I love, I love Bishop T.D. Jakes. I think he's a great man. And when I go to Potter House, I can see why he des- he deserves. Do you every- want to tell him that you think that we don't need the Holy Ghost no more? I think it can be a Holy Ghost rebrand. I think Jesus needs a rebrand, but that's a conversation for another day. Why do you need think Jesus needs a rebrand? Because Jesus- I still need to tell you what happened at church. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, tell me about Jesus rebrand first. Jesus don't headline under his own holidays. Easter, 
Christmas. Think what about is Chris? The whole first word is Christ. That don't mean nothing. Ain't Mass. no Christ in Christmas. They even tried to take the Christ out of it and say Xmas. And you, you think about think, think about everybody around Christmas. Santa Claus, the Grinch, the elves, Rudolph, and them damn reindeers. All of those people take precedence over first Jesus. First of all, Rudolph is not a person. You said all of those people. But all of those people take precedence over Rudolph Jesus. Rudolph is not a person. It's a deer. Same difference. <clears throat> Easter, what they talk about? Bunnies that lay eggs. That don't even exist. First of all, they don't say bunnies lay the eggs. Yes, they when do. have you ever heard of a bunny laying an egg? That's my point, but that's what they tell they us on Easter. They don't say bunnies lay yes, eggs. Yes, they do. The Cadbury bunny be laying them little eggs. You never seen the commercials? Well, that is confusing. That's what I'm... And, and, you, wonder, right. and you wonder why people are atheists now. You wonder why people don't believe no, in God and don't believe in Jesus. Because they teach us about all of these things throughout history. Santa Claus and Easter bunnies and all this other stuff. And then when you get older, you realize What's none of that stuff holiday? exists. Easter and Christmas. He Those are his two headlines. That's his, his headline. What, what's, you know the word I'm trying to say. Those are his two days. It's his birthday and the day he died. He don't even get the proper respect on either one of them. Mm. He don't. Okay, so let me tell you about what happened at church. So at church, um, Bishop Jakes was talking about victimhood and how, you know, at least in our community, we're overwhelmingly victims. And we understand why because of the slave trade and all that. But during like the prayer time, it was crazy because I felt like, so connected to this year we talk about the 400th year all the time but like it finally hit me like why i want my book to talk about freedom okay why this year is so significant to me and what it represents and you know that this year i turned 40 hey i got a meme for your ass too wait a minute it says pray for all your friends that are born in 1979 they turn 40 this year <laughs> what's wrong with that <laughs> nothing i just can't but wait to post think, it and tag you. you don't think that's crazy that it's the 40th my 40th year and it's the 400th year of the thing like that has to be of the of the of enslaved africans coming here that has to be significant because because the um in biblical terms, jubilees happen every 50 years. Mm. Black people have never had a jubilee. But if we did, this would technically be our eighth. What is a jubilee for people who A don't jubilee know? is like a time of renewed freedom, of restoration, of gotcha. redemption. Okay. And we've never had one. Like I, I think people could argue that the Civil Rights Act um, and all of the legislation that preceded that Voting Rights Act, Federal Housing Act, helped to give us some type of jubilee. There, in the Reconstruction era, we had some type of jubilee, at least some type of restoration, but never restored to where we were. Um, and so to me, I'm just like, man, this is really deep because... I've always been on, like, I wanted this to be about freedom, like holistic freedom from a spirit for a spiritual, mental, physical, um, emotional and um, economic freedom. Mm -hmm. And so the piece about the victimhood tied to what I believe this year is supposed to be, which is a new beginning. That's what the number eight means. Yes. And my birthday focus. Oh, my birthday is the 26th. Two plus six is eight. Uh, so eighth jubilee yes the number eight freedom is what i believe i'm supposed to speak to what okay. my name means bringer of truth tied to this being the 400th year eight is also means building and destroying so the build is that onto your life positively mm -hmm. step by step to destroy to tear down everything that's negative within your cipher that's a good word you could have started with that on something positive today well you, you didn't bring up the number eight till now well i didn't think about what i wanted to tell you from church till now so it's all about liberation for you. Yeah. I feel like that's what you've been doing. Though. But that's my whole point. I couldn't I couldn't align it all. And in church yesterday, like when we were praying, it all felt like it came together and made sense. Mm -hmm. 
It's all you I did tell me last week you was like, you know, for my 40th birthday, I want to have a yes. And I was like, no, have yes. some fun. No, like, but that is. Good. Like, but she was like, me. she want to do a holistic liberation meeting. Yeah. Why are you frowning at me? Have some fun. Be- but I think you that- do because the only reason I say that because you do that kind of work all the time. But I think this is different. Like I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something this meaningful this year. Mm-hmm. Like even like we've been talking about. I wasn't close to Nipsey. You were close to him. That's my guy. You're cool. Well, we're far closer than we were. We had mm-hmm. two conversations in my, in my life, and they were both this year. <clears throat> this year, last year. Well, maybe one was last year. No, I just said yes this year. This year, this year and last year. Mm-hmm. And I think the only point that I'm raising is like I can't wrap my mind around um, why it impacted me so much, but it really has. And one of the things that I'm grateful for is that it really taught me that there are things that I want to do to contribute to society in more tangible ways. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that summit is for me. Like I want to do this freedom summit to connect us all so that one, that work isn't so isolating. We talk about that all the time. You could be doing really powerful work, but you can feel like you're really alone. Like, okay, I'm trying to do all this. or you feel stretched Then, Like there's a gazillion things you want to do. But there's nobody to walk with you in that. And I think that that's why I want that to happen. So it's not, I want to do like a session with Yachty mm-hmm. where it's, we do a whole little workshop that sets the tone for the day. I hope Angela will come do Soul Cycle. You need to come to Soul, when are you going to be? Who would come do Soul Cycle? Angela Manuel Davis is incredible. Angela Davis, absolutely. Angela Manuel Davis, though. Emmanuel Davis. Emmanuel Davis. She's a she is a um a fitness instructor. Oh, we're not talking physical about trainer, extraordinaire. Black Panther Angela Davis. But me and Angela were both named after Black Panther Angela Davis. Gotcha. But anyway, she does Soul Cycle and I, every time I'm in LA I go to her class. It's like church on a bike, so I wanna do that. And then I wanna do sessions on like how are we gonna build up the community in this four hundredth year? Like what are we gonna do different this time? Honestly, you know, when we say what are we gonna do different this time, mm-hmm. I feel like the beautiful thing about Nipsey that people may not realize, Nipsey's blueprint was an old blueprint. Yeah. It was a blueprint that, you know, guys like Elijah Muhammad, Marcus Garvey, been implementing, which is do for self. He was just basically moving the way black people were moving before integration. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's all, that's that's literally what Nipsey was doing. And if you look at the things Nipsey used to like to read, he used to read Message to the Black Man by Elijah Muhammad. He would read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. He was reading all of these books that were just about financial empowerment and, and, and independent thinking. So yeah. I think that's the only, it's not about even what are we going to do different? It's about what aren't we doing? Because the, all the blueprints are there. That's true. They're right I, but there. But I think, I think part of my quest is like understanding why things haven't succeeded the way that we needed them to mm-hmm. over time. And sure, part of that is there needs to be legislative fixes. There needs to be policy shifts on the federal, state, and local level. But also, there are things that we could be doing on a, in a more unified way that would help us move the culture forward. Yeah, and I think shifting mindsets in the culture, meaning yeah. that instead of focusing on being a consumer all you the goddamn time. You did that in your time, first book, Black Privilege. Yes, it's a privilege to be black, but yeah. it's, instead of focusing on being consumers all the damn time, yeah. you know, focus on the people that are actually producing product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, we make everything popular except for things that we actually own. So yeah. I just think it comes back to investing in ourselves and reinvesting in our culture and actually treating our culture like the gold that it is because everybody else knows it's gold. Yeah, you got a population that's 13, only 13% in this country, but we make up like a trillion dollars in buying power. 1.2 trillion, close to 1.3 now. You think they don't know they, they can just sell us any old bullshit that, we they want? They focus on marketing to us. They don't focus on... Um, 
on involving us. Mm -hmm. So they'll market to us without creating ownership and representation in a meaningful way, which is a problem. But I do think, I was going to tell you this. This is the thing I forgot to say on Breakfast Club, too. Um, I did the Wiley College commitment address this weekend. And I saw I, you pay for that honorary doctorate. I did not it, pay for the honorary doctorate. I didn't pay for it. Take it back. Lori Lachlan said it back. you paid for it. Lori Lachlan right. is a liar. Has already told on you. That's a lie. No, Why are you, you a hater? <laughs> Why can't you just say, congratulations, sister? Congratulations. Anyway, the point is, for my commencement address, um, I tied in Nipsey. And my speech was, you know, we've spent so much time telling young people to secure the bag. But we don't talk about securing the legacy. Yeah. So the speech was about securing the legacy. You know, also when we talk about changing mindsets and culture, right, and mm -hmm. securing legacies, like I, I, I struggle with that. Like, how much is too much to show people? Meaning that, mm. you know, I'm not the guy that's gonna buy a property and then go on Instagram with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to buy the property. I'm going to put a franchise in it. And my daddy has always told me throughout my life, if you buy something in your town, don't tell nobody it's yours because they're going to hate on you for no reason. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I don't know if that's actually the case, but I do know that that has stayed in my mind forever. Mm -hmm. So, when it comes to like Instagram, you know, people show off the parties and they mm -hmm. show off the liquor they drinking and they show off their cars, but when it comes to real tangible things like that, mm -hmm. I always wonder how much is too much to show or should I even show it at all? Well, I think the question goes back to um, when you die, right? And you're leaving a legacy or a blueprint for someone to follow. How are they going to follow with no instructions? If mm. there's no, if there's no um, navigation to help people follow that same model so it's not as hard for them. Right. Then how are you really freeing anybody? Um, if we look at um, Harriet Tubman, right, the fact that she went back 19 times to get 300 people, she followed a blueprint and then other people followed that blueprint. She laid the foundation for something. Are you really laying a foundation if nobody knows how to get there next? Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to be like, I bought this property at this address. I'm only going to be here once a month. Like, I'm not mm -hmm. telling you to lay it. But can you say you know, in my hometown, I bought five things or whatever. And these are the businesses we're going to put up. And I'm, I'm hiring you all. Like, I want you all to be a part of that. I want I want to bring back these opportunities so that I'm hiring my own people. I never will leave you behind because I wouldn't be where I'm, I am if it weren't for you. Yeah. No, I understand. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, like, like salute to Envy. Envy does it a lot. Envy yeah. shows a lot of the real estate he buys. And it's just like... I always wonder how much is, is too much because you want your people to learn and we're a visual people. So yeah. that's the only way we learn. We learn when we see other people doing it. Yeah. And then when we see other people doing it, we can ask questions. So I just always wonder like, you know. But I don't I don't even think that we're the only visual people. Like some of it is um, there are our peers among us who, you know, mostly white folks who have had blueprints laid from them from the beginning. They've been in conversations from childhood yeah, where yeah, they've yeah. been exposed to this stuff and we weren't. So many of us are learning things as a first generation. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying um, yesterday to somebody that um, I think probably other than maybe my uncle, I'm the first person in my family to have a financial advisor. Wow. You know what I mean? Like just just like a strategy on taxes and strategy on, you know, where I should invest my money and like that's new. Yeah, we had David Batch on on the Breakfast Club mm -hmm. and he's a financial guru. He's wrote nine best New York Times best selling books, but he said that he would go to McDonald's all the time and eat. And I think it was his grandmother, somebody, his mom, someone said, You're gonna buy some stock in McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And so he had his first stock at seven. 
Wow. So, wow. so he was like, by the time he was nine and went to Disney World, he was asking Mickey Mouse, yo, is this a publicly traded company? That's hilarious. Think about that. That's crazy. But that's the type of information they give to their, you know, kids. Whereas that and on our side, right, like, I think the, the trickiest financial transaction or whatever I learned about was a savings bond for my grandma because one time, one Christmas, she was just like, I'm getting y'all savings bonds. I'm not getting you any more presents, any more gifts. Mm. That was the first time. I was still like, what's a savings bond? You know, but that's like one of those things where I learned about that. You know, I remember um, when you start really trying to unpack your your financial journey. You carry a lot of stuff with you that's like, man, that might not be that healthy. I remember we had um, bank, a bank that came to our school uh, when I was in kindergarten every single Monday. And we had to deposit money into our savings account. But I also remember my parents let me take money out of my savings account when I wanted to go to the mall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So just like what are the things that we're telling our kids about money and your relationship with it. So you've been wasting money on clothes, is what you're saying? Yes, for sure. That's what you got out of my story. You didn't want to come up with anything positive. <laughs> no, I did. Such a but jerk. no, what you're That's saying. That's why your donkey of the day flip flops are too big. <laughs> Listen, what you're saying is interesting though, because like with my daughters, I, I let my daughters in on every conversation, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to That's business. Because like my daughter's ten, you don't realize what what they're soaking in. Yeah, you know what I mean. The same way they can Everything. soak in the negative stuff, yeah. they're soaking in that positive stuff mm-hmm. as well. So if I'm on the phone having a conversation about. Uh, another commercial property I bought and a, a franchise I'm about to invest in. I let her hear all of mm-hmm. that. And then when she's asking me, well, what is this franchise? And I'm, I can show her, I show her the papers and everything. Yeah. I just feel like that information is good for That's her great. moving forward. Yeah. You know, because all she talks about now is owning her own business. Even when she talks about wanting to be a dentist, I want to own my own dental practice. That's so I, great. She started her own slime business and she's selling slime for $7 a pop. <laughs> Tall and white kids at her school. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how, that's just how her mm-hmm. mind is working. And I think that is because she's privy to those mm-hmm. conversations I'm having about owning things. Yeah, it's 100% right. If you think about what you're raised around, nine times out of 10, it influences, 9.5 times out of 10, it influences mm-hmm. where you end up. I, like, for me, again, it wasn't really a conversation about money so much, even though my dad was an entrepreneur. I knew I could be an entrepreneur because he was one, but also like all of the activism stuff. Like, every day, walking down the street, my dad, my dad be like, how you doing, Eddie? My dad be like, oh man, just out here fighting that racism. You know, like, yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I know that's a real thing. <laughs> you know, it's active. He's organizing a boycott over here. Structuring this protest over here. You know, he wants me to fly home now for, you know, something he was working on with affirmative action and restoring affirmative action in Washington State. But, like, being around that mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Now, you talk about freedom. I yes. want to talk about some things that's going on in the news right now. Uh, yeah. The ban that Facebook did on some figures in our community, uh, Alex Jones. The, I, first of all, what you're not going to say is that Alex Jones is a figure in our community. Well, not our community. Okay. But Why? society, I guess. I don't freaking know. The media figure in society. To the, to the biggest, a figure in the biggest. Yeah. Community. Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos. There's some other names, yeah. too. But the, the, the biggest one that stands out for me is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yeah. What do you think of that form of censorship? <sighs> this is really hard for me. Um, and the reason it is hard for me is because if you ask me, and this was, this is a point where I wouldn't, I didn't fight with him verbally, but sparring in my mind with Killer Mike, who has been speaking out against the problems with censorship. Um, and to me, I feel like there's a difference between, um, censorship of people who are saying things I don't like and censorship of people who have the types of hate speech that incite violence. Um, that's a different kind of thing. So in my mind, I can justify a ban on Alex Jones and Infowars um, and Milo 
it's been harder for me with Louis Farrakhan. And what I had to do yesterday, my mom has told me all my life that um, the most important skill I can gain in life is perspective taking. And this one's been hard. I've been mad about the thing with Louis Farrakhan all weekend. And I was like, let me go back and listen to some of the stuff that people are the most upset about. So I went to his Twitter page because that is still up um, his Twitter page. And he has a pin tweet up um, that talks about um, that Jesus on the cross wasn't real and all this stuff. Like, I mean, it, it was it was inflammatory um, and blames, you know, Jesus's death on the Jews in ways that I think are not very productive. What I wish if I could have a conversation with the minister, it would be that he needs to show up consistent. And by that, I mean, um, live out his authentic truth in a way that empowers that has traditionally empowered black people, but does not take away power from other communities when that when that power is not rooted in racism, bigotry or overpowering other communities. Right now, we need leadership that will heal and unite us, not on falsehoods, but in reality. So ground us in the truth about what happened in the slave trade. Ground us in the truth about what's happened historically with black folks and Jewish folks and why there's dissension and discord. Don't like feed into that. Even him saying something like, I'm not anti-Semite, I'm Mm anti-termite. That's inflammatory. You know, it. why are you saying that? Just stop. You, you are the person who created the Million Man March. Mm-hmm. Walk in that truth. Walk in that power. That's power. We've not been able to do that since then. Mm-hmm. So my plea to him would be like, yo, you mean so much to us. Don't trick off your legacy with nonsense, with bullshit, because that's what it is. Like, And it really hurts because I'm like, man, I can't defend the stuff that you're saying on these clips. I can't. I don't care if you tell me it's taken out of context. If I were in that same position and somebody said, I'm um, I'm not, um, I'm trying to figure out, I'm not, I'm not anti-nigga, I'm anti-figure. Like, I can't support that. Like, I'm just not going to be able to support that. I have people in my life who I care deeply about who are Jewish and have ancestors who were tremendously impacted by the Holocaust. We're not going to trick that off and say that that's like, you know, a conspiracy theory. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what? like don't, you're don't act like Donald Trump, especially when you don't have the power of Donald Trump. Like mm-hmm. it's not doing anything but making people create false equivalencies. But I can't justify some of the stuff he said. <laughs> I totally understand. I listen, um, and I've listened to a lot of Minister Frackon throughout my life because that's yeah. that's my father's. My father's big on the nation, so he always would give me message to the black man yeah. by Elijah Muhammad. Always would give me autobiography of Malcolm X. I went always. to hear Khalid Muhammad speak, like you know, like yeah. back in the day. Like I get it. I've been to the Million More Movement. I've been mm-hmm. building with the minister since two thousand five. The thing I say about the minister is, if you listen to him a lot, mm-hmm. he's not attacking all Jewish people. Just like he doesn't attack all black people. He, you know... Uh, he also says a lot of stuff that's, like, homophobic. Like, a lot of stuff. Well, I think a lot about, of that is old school, just being an older, 80-something-year-old black man. I guess my thing is, being old doesn't mean that you can be, like, dumb and a bigot. You know, I'm not, and mm-hmm. I'm not calling him dumb, but I'm saying you don't have to speak ignorantly because you're old. But he got his beliefs, though. And, and, and if, if, if you're anybody that deals with religious doctrine, mm-hmm. if, you deal, if you deal with the Bible, if you deal with the Quran, both of those books talk about 
homosexuality that's in true. a way that's not flattering. So if those guys are really can't, I don't knock anybody when it comes to their religion. But it's, and it's their the views way that he talks about it, right? Like there's, I remember there were preachers back in the day that would be like, "God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve." Mm -hmm. That rhetoric has really slowed down. People know now that that's hateful. It's not a way that you reach people or get people to feel like they can be embraced by your religious beliefs. He's not slowing down. He's talking about Hollywood making men women and women men. Like that's not it's, it's that's not helpful or constructive. Um, I listen, I I I understand. But. I just I'm frustrated by it because I do respect a lot of what he's done for the community. There are brothers who I know who were incarcerated, got out, and you know like turned their whole lives around from being a part of the nation. The FOI, the way that they've protected people in our community, folks right now, you know who need that protection and support. I just I don't want him to be grouped in with these hate filled. Oh, I agree. You that know I what hate. I mean? Yeah. And, but I can't. I can't. When people are like, "Well, what about this?" I can't justify that. I, in fact, I'm sorry. Like, I don't even understand that. I've, I've asked the minister several times on record, off record, mm -hmm. is he anti-Semitic? And it's always the same thing. He talks about good Jewish people and he talks about bad Jewish people. Just like yeah. he talks about good black people and he talks about bad black people. I, I say it all the time. The minister's harder on black people than he is he on is. Any, he is. anybody. I agree with that. But when it comes to the statements that you don't agree with, that's fine. There's yeah. plenty of people that we, you know, deal with on a daily basis who we don't agree with everything that they're saying. And I don't like when we hold Minister Fragcon to a different standard than we hold our president to. I agree with our, that. Our, our, he our, should be off our, social media. Joe Biden. Joe Biden has said things that I think are downright racist. Period. When it comes to black people. Joe Biden has said things in regard. He, he wrote the 94 crime bill. But guess what? That don't mean I'm not going to vote for him. So if I can look at somebody like Joe Biden and say I disagree with what he said here, what he said there, what he said there, but still say, you know what, but I'll vote for him because of all the other things that he may bring to the but table I that are good for us. Joe Biden said the N-word and like refused to apologize for it. I haven't heard Joe Biden apologize for nothing. But I'm, well, I, that's, that partially is not true. Okay. Um, He said that he wishes he would have handled the Anita Hill thing differently. He said that two weeks ago when he announced he was running that for president. That is true. Which is some I'm just, But I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. let's just acknowledge for what it is. I, all I'm saying is ultimately what would mean more to me than anything else is the minister saying you know there are things that I've said in my past that even in even out of context in, in context or out of context they shouldn't have been said like they're just it's they're just not necessary how is it moving the di they're just like um salacious you know like you don't need to say anything about termites and semi like you just don't need to well, see, do that's, that I think the worst thing that has happened to the minister in a lot of ways the worst and best thing is social media yeah because you take these little Clips. I know. These sound bites. We have all been impacted by 100%. that. hundred yeah. percent. We take these sound bites or you take this one tweet and you're like, what does he mean by that? You know and what I mean? And he'll like, but he, like the thing to me, like you should look at. But um, you should look at where he. Uh, put my lipstick on <laughs> That's not, you got lipstick? It's chapstick. <laughs> you said I'm putting my lipstick on too. I was ashy right here, but. Mine too. Um, <laughs> I felt it right here in the corner. That's what I'm going to tell you. The next time you post something, I'm going to say the corner of your lip is ashy. You're probably right. Since you said <laughs> that my back was ashy, but we already talked about that. But anyway, my point was, what was my point? You're talking about Minister Farrakhan, and you wish he did not, you wish he would apologize for some of the things he said, I guess. No, but we were past that point. What was I just saying? I don't remember. Your ass distracted me. Okay, now people aren't going to, he said ash, A-S-H. I said ash. I know, but you just have to be careful. Oh, you're right. Your ash just, your ashy mouth distracted me, okay? But no, all I'm saying about the minister is, I just, I'm not, I'm not with, 
Like for it's it's such a oh, cr- that's what I was okay. gonna say. Sorry. Go so my thing is, we can't make it seem like this is just something that we disagree with. Some of it is really hateful. I think what Joe Biden says is hateful. When you say that Barack Obama is the first mainstream African-American that you've met that is bright, articulate, and clean, that's what you're saying. All the rest of us is dirty? The rest of us not bright? The rest of us not articulate? I, I and he think, said that in 08. Yeah, I think that he didn't mean it that way. All right, that's hateful. And, and, and no, I don't, I don't know. And I'm just saying for somebody who I've worked around him enough to know that he regularly puts his foot in his mouth. Joe Biden. Yeah. And I don't think, I just don't think he, I don't think that it was mean spirit at all. I think that some of the stuff the minister said has been kind of mean spirited. No, I think Joe Biden puts his foot in his mouth. Jewish people, what? I think Joe Biden puts his foot in his mouth because he's pretending to be something he's not. And when you're pretending to be something you're not, I don't think that's what I it is. I think that's what it is. When you're pretending to be something you're not, you always got this facade on, but like, every now and then that veil falls. Remember when the healthcare thing happened and he was excited and he told Barack Obama this is a big deal and it was kind of in the mic? What's wrong with that? But, I mean, it was not appropriate. And I mean, now, compared to the presidential standards, nothing at all. But I'm saying, in the, at the time, it was like, ooh! And there was a whole BFD joke. You can't joke say there. fucking? No. These candidates is cursing now. I love it. I see Mayor Pete saying shit. Well, my point is, times yeah. have changed. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I just, if I could have my way, I would ask the minister to dial back some of that rhetoric. Because I don't believe he, he needs to be in the same category as... Alex Jones and them. We can't allow him to be because one thing that they historically do to our black prominent voices, our prominent black leaders is vilified. But can we also make sure that there are things that would like, can we not do things that are vilifiable? See, the reason I, listen, I get it. I get everything that you're saying. And I'm saying I really have wrestled with this mm -hmm. all weekend. Like, okay, what are the things that they're saying that are legitimate? What are, what are my issues? And my issues are like, are you really about to undermine your entire history because you want to be wedded to these points that aren't even relevant? I don't think he is. Like, we're not going to let white people undermine the history so of Minister can, can, So can he just stop the other stuff, though? We, and we have to be very careful of that, too. Okay. When it comes to the media. Okay. Because this is the same media who used to call Martin Luther King Jr. the most dangerous man in the world. No, but I'm saying, I think that it's different because if you look at what Dr. King said about Jewish people who were allies in the movement, I mean, the ministers even, like, criticized the relationship that the NAACP has with the Jewish community. I think, I think what you said leadership. is true. He overgeneralizes Yes, Jewish like, just stop. That I agree with. Just stop. It's not helpful. Yeah. In an, in, a, in an era where there is an increasing divide between all these cultures where if we really came together, we'd be more powerful, just stop. That's all I'm saying. Can you just stop? And can you acknowledge that in the past you've overgeneralized, it's not helpful, and you're willing to take some of this stuff down? Because he's. I've, I've heard him say, um, like, Jewish people come to listen to the minister speak. Yeah. Like he talks about his Jewish allies, yeah. but he really does separate it where he says wicked Jews people and good Jewish people. Same the, thing he does with mean, black people. But I, I guess here's my other thing. Also, can we at least acknowledge that there is a hyper focus on Jewish people and not just white supremacy writ large. He spends a lot of time talking about Jews. And I think it's in a way that scares if we like, let's just acknowledge triggers. We talk Mm -hmm. about them all the time. There are certain things that we experience as black people because of, um, you know, um, traditions of slavery and how that's imprinted on our DNA. It's triggering for us. So for the Jewish community, I imagine I'm not Jewish, but I'm just saying I could see this hearing somebody that's regularly honing in on you could feel like what happened with the Holocaust. No, I agree with you. And I will say this. In the 60 plus years of Minister Farrakhan doing what he's doing, 
the sound bites they take are about Jewish people, but yeah. that is not even nowhere That's near the totality fair. of what he speaks That's on. Fair. But I will say, we as black people, white people, you can't tell somebody what to be offended by. So if Jewish people are yeah. saying this is anti-Semitic rhetoric, yeah. then you have to say, okay, this must be anti-Semitic mm-hmm. rhetoric. Simple as that. Like, I can't tell Jewish people what to be offended by. So if Jewish people are offended by that rhetoric, I have no choice but to listen. Yeah. You know, but I do agree with you when you say that, you know, uh, the minister, he, he makes it very hard mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, sometimes just to, but I, I, I look at the minister the same way I look at, any of these people. If I can if I can bypass everything Joe Biden's done and said to say I will still vote for him if he's in the primary or the general that, election. I think that I can I, do I'm, that, I'm, but I'm I need right. him to acknowledge that some of the stuff he's said has been hurtful and it's not good. Has Biden done that for black people? I think he's tried I think he's done that in some ways. I don't know if he's done it sufficiently. Like I got I got like what he said on the Senate where he talked about he doesn't care about the system that created these predators. They'll kill your mom, they'll kill my mom, yeah. people that look like me, people no, that look like you. Needs, like, if he hasn't apologized for that, he should. If and if uh what else did he do? The school busing stuff? He said on. some really offensive stuff about school busing. He needs to apologize for all of it. This is not just about Louis Farrakhan needs to walk things back more than white people nah I expect the same thing from everybody but I'm saying just like we know we have to be twice as good mm-hmm. you know work three times as hard and probably af- apologize five times as much I want him to meet that standard well, I do not want his credibility or history undermined because of some offhanded salacious off the cuff remarks that well, aren't, don't have anything to do with what he's trying to build white people will undermine his history regardless but I'm saying like at least don't work with them on that like just undo some of the stuff that's not necessary anyway if I could talk to him that's what I would say what if he's not sorry then what I if can't that's what he believes? It. Then I can't support it. I think it's bigotry. No, you can't support it or just him and his whole totality. I can't. I can't. I cannot. Um, I cannot. That Naja fell out the chair, child. I cannot. Um, in an instant where, like, the Bible talks about separating the wheat from the tares, where the wheat is not willing to separate itself mm-hmm. from the tares, I can't be a part of that. I don't want that stuff in my spirit. Do you love Malcolm X? Yeah. Same rhetoric. He. Went to his pilgrimage and came back talking real different. But if you read the autobiography of Malcolm X, but if he is things in there that could be considered anti-Semitic. Sure, but I'm saying he had a ch- a change. Louis Farrakhan's pin tweet, pinned tweet. That means he was like, "This is the best I got for y'all." Posted it up at the top. Is the thing I was telling you about Jesus? You want to hear it? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I gotta I'm read it in context. It. I'm gonna play it. Um, hold on. Cause I was, I was like, oh man, this hurts my feelings. Cause he talks about Jesus a lot. He loves Jesus. But did you know that he called himself the Messiah too? Yeah. yeah. Okay, here it goes. They they haven't even verified him on Twitter. Here goes the clip. God so loved his people that he gave. His only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God does not love this world. God never sent Jesus to die for this world. Jesus died 
because he was 2,000 years too soon to bring about the end of the civilization of the Jews. He never was on no cross. There was no Calvary for that Jesus. Early one Saturday morning, our Savior taught us when he found out he was 2,000 years too soon to end the civilization of the Jews, he decided that he would give his life for the truth that he taught, that his name would live until the one that he prefigured came into existence. And that's why the Quran says, Jesus and his mother Mary were a sign. Jesus didn't die on Calvary. He died in front of an old Jewish store that was boarded up. And the Roman soldiers came to get him. Okay. I don't even know what just happened. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's my point, right? Like, this is his pinned tweet. This is the tweet that he said, this is representative yeah, of everything yeah, I want I, you all to know about me. Yeah, I think the minister is way more than that. I wouldn't stand I, on that I, I understand yeah, that, but yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. telling you is when we have a choice, Leonard, to put up what represents what our, what we on right now, yeah. that's what your pinned tweet is. And for me, like, that was devastating for me as a Christian, right? It's also devastating for me. Like, why are you talking about ending, ending the civilization of anybody? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what happened to us. That's what happened with colonization in all of these countries in Africa. That's what happened here. That's what white folks did to Native Americans here. Why are you talking about ending any civilizations? That broke my heart. Mm. You know, like, I'm like, I want to defend you. I want to say this man and this the history of the Million Man March is powerful, but that is devastating. Don't you start crying. And he chose, no, I'm serious. It's like he chose that. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, for what? That get, is so get, frustrating. Nah, just get her some tissue. She always so passionate about stuff. But I'm, I'm but it's hurtful. It's like, yeah, yeah. why, right, and, and like right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the context of it. Okay. I have to hear more. Ugh. I get it though. I mean, I, I totally get it. It's complex. It's like you can listen to the context of it, but that two minutes and twelve seconds, yeah, yeah, yeah. is devastating. And but it's clear, and it's clear. It's like it's not. You're saying Jesus didn't die on a cross. Jesus came too early to end the civilization of the Jews. There's no. There's no context that can. I have heard that. historical figures say Jesus didn't die on the cross. So they said he died on like a stake because they said the way your hands would be, you'd have to be up here. And but he said he died in front of a Jewish man's store. Yeah, I don't know. Anything I mean, come I on. I'm just saying, please, Minister Farrakhan. <laughs> like for the sake of Iyanla, but nicer intervention. Just stop. Yeah, like, yeah, can yeah. you please just lean into what our community needs to do to move forward? Can we not focus on any other external factors and just determine what it would look like if we focused internally on what we really need to go forward? We don't need to have those conversations anymore. I'm done crying, but thank you. I really was trying. That to was crazy. Like, a, a, a teardrop came out and then went right back in like somebody pressed reverse. Shut up. I'm serious. Why are you such a jerk? <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just, I just don't agree with uh, censorship because even in that clip, you may not agree with anything that he said, but is that a reason to be banned? 
No, I mean, again, I think that the ban is tricky because if I'm honest, I want to base, I want to be subjective on the ban. I don't want white supremacy out there because I don't want any more black people hanged or lynched or dragged behind trucks. But I don't want all of our voice signs because I can justify, well, I agree with 50% of what he says. But for the other 50% to be traumatized into another culture, I don't think it's worth it. Well, let's ban ideas. You know what I'm saying? Instead mm-hmm. of banning people. Yeah. It's banning ideas. So like, you're saying like take down the stuff that's crazy yeah. like this. Yeah. It can be on a case I, by I, case I basis. Like you know, these are billion dollar well, they, companies. And they do that already on some posts. Like can you ban some some of the posts? I agree with that. And if somebody violates too many of these, you know, rules, if somebody violates it too much, then you ban their whole page. You know, so Alex Jones got warnings. Do we know if Louis Farrakhan got the same warning? I'm not sure. I know I they know took away either. his verified check on Twitter. and I, I, That verified check is gone. I was just about to say that. I have yeah. a theory about that, too, though. I feel like the reason they haven't banned any of these people from Twitter mm-hmm. is because of Donald Trump. Because, oh, no, I because, agree with because that. Because they know if they ban these people from Twitter. They need they, to ban him. Everybody goes back like, well, what about Trump? Yeah, he lies. It's hate-filled. I feel that's the number one thing I wanted to know. Like, how is Louis Farrakhan banned, but Donald Trump is still being able to tweet and post and lie. Oh, he's banned from Facebook and Instagram. He's no, not ban- Donald Trump is not banned from Facebook and Instagram. I don't think he uses those like that. But though. he's not banned from No, no, nah, nah, he's not banned. And he said he'll be monitoring it closely. Okay. Uh, but I just think when it comes to liberation, when it comes to things like that, it's about, like, you should have freedom of speech. But yeah. Facebook is a privately owned company, so they can really do whatever the fuck they want. So that's why it's all about ownership, baby. Yeah, Donald okay? Trump is definitely still on Instagram. Oh, uh, that's why we need our own platforms. Well, I we take, do need our own platforms. That's what platforms. I take from all of this. We need our own platforms. We need our own networks. But we, we also need to be responsible with our words. I don't I ever want anybody to be able to create, whether it's real or false, equivalency between us and bigots and white supremacists. I don't ever want people to be able to do that. So we got to live above reproach. We have to speak above reproach. And I think that the most important thing we could do right now, if we've always been successful and creative and innovative in our leadership, let's figure out how to build bridges. No, you're right. You know, I just don't. Anyway, it's sad. I haven't cried about that yet, so that was my first cry. You got my first cry. Oh, my God. All right. That's that is so disrespectful. <laughs> Why? Don't be Why? acting like you don't be emotional with me on the phone sometimes. When's the last do. time you cried? I haven't cried in a while. Not like actual tears. You but need a good cry. I haven't cried tears in a while. I thought I was going to cry during Avengers Endgame, but I didn't. I heard somebody cried this whole time. They was mad at this lady. This lady cried the whole time, even when the seeds weren't cryable. And if somebody posted about it on the next door app, they was like, why did this lady cry the whole time? This <laughs> would be so bad. Yeah, I didn't cry. I thought I would, but I didn't. I need a good cry. You all right. Mm-hmm. All right, you y'all. cry with me today. That was another episode of, uh, well, not another no, that's episode. that's another. It's the first. Sibling rivalry. Yes. It's going to be coming. Yes. He wants to put it out with no promotion. That's all. We just throwing it out there to see if this is something y'all want. So when we post this on SoundCloud and the title will be Sibling Rivalry, y'all just leave in the comments if y'all want more of this. If not, we're going to do it anyway. All right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Such a troll. So y'all have a blessed day. God all bless right? you and your families.